following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. I want to talk to you this morning about vision, specifically getting a vision from God. Uh, for, if you already have some sort of vision from God about your life, about your direction, about where you're going this year, uh, it's time to get some fresh vision. Uh, God is big on vision. He gives vision. Historically, he's done it throughout the Bible. Uh, he does it in our lives. And I would say that vision is so important. We don't really know where we're going without it. I mean, there's a lot of folks, well-intended people that are meandering through life and kind of wandering around and just kind of floating around with circumstances that are not really intentional about where they're going, why they're doing it, and how they're doing it because they don't have vision from God. Vision is enormous. And so vision changes everything. Uh, Vision is really seeing, but it's seeing on a different level. It's seeing in the supernatural. It's seeing in the invisible. It's seeing in the spiritual realm, in the sense of, God, what do you see for me? Because what you see for me, God, I want to see that too. If you and I are willing to see what God sees for us, that's really where the rubber meets the road with vision. Vision compels us to greater things. Without vision, again, people just kind of like see what happens today or maybe tomorrow, and we just kind of go through life wondering. But with vision, it's like I know what's going on here, but there's a bigger picture out there. I know where God's taking me. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't even know when he's doing it necessarily. But I know what I was made for, and I, I, I've got a sense from God why he took hold of me. We talked last week about Paul saying, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. A guy like Paul spent time with God, got a vision from God, knows why God took hold of him, and says, I'm taking hold of that. And people like that can go through all kinds of ups and downs in lives and still be victorious and still be aiming and running at the prize. And again, when people don't have a vision, things set us back. We can be really bummed out. We're wondering when things are going to change and we're stuck in our circumstance. Vision sees way beyond circumstance. Vision is seeing. Webster's defines vision as unusual foresight, the experience of the supernatural as if with the eyes. In other words, Webster's saying it's not just visual, visual seeing. Uh, many see visually that don't have vision. Seeing is not necessarily vision. Seeing is, is, is a natural reality for, for m- most people, but, but vision is seeing beyond. It's seeing what others don't see. It's seeing possibilities where others only see impossibilities. And how many of you know that we serve the God of the impossible? How many of you know that with God all things are possible? And that's why we have to get a vision from God because he knows where he's going to give victory. He knows what he made us for. We, we've gone over many times that God has plans for us, a hope and a future, that he has things orchestrated for us to do good works. I mean, we've, we hit up on these scriptures all the time of the reality of God's plan and the destination and the things that he has marked out for us, a certain race. We, we cover that all the time. But are we looking down the road? Are we having that kind of vision? Do we have that kind of spiritual foresight, literally as Webster says, to experience the supernatural through the eyes, really, through seeing spiritually. 
Part of the reason the guys got up on the hill yesterday and we went to meet with God is because, God, we want to see. That was all of our prayer. God, we want to see. Open the eyes of our heart, God. Let us see what we should be seeing. And um, God honors that stuff. It's kind of like when you look at Joshua and Caleb, the story in the Old Testament, when they're about to go into the promised land, they saw differently than the other 10 spies. There was 12 spies who went in. 10 saw the impossible. Joshua and Caleb says, no, we got a vision from God. We saw the same thing those 10 guys saw, but we see it differently. We see it through a godly vision, and they know that with God, nothing is impossible. Um, when, When we have vision, vision changes the lens through which we look through. A lot of people are going through life just looking at setbacks and problems and economy and world issues and, you know, and, and looking at the immediate. But vision, again, vision is a different lens. You, know? uh, you look what the Apostle Paul went through. And I don't know anybody who went through as much besides Jesus, who was obviously crucified. I'm thinking, man, this guy went through a lot of stuff. And he loved God, but he went through a lot of stuff. But he had this radical vision that it was a lens and he saw everything differently through his circumstance, because he had vision. It's been said that vision brings your world into focus and vision brings order to chaos. I believe that's true. Vision sees beyond uh, the present and the things that are happening. And when you think of a guy like Nehemiah, who's a great classic example of vision in action, Nehemiah is looking at the reality that Jerusalem, his city that he loved, the city of his forefathers, is laying in ruins. It's in desolation. And everyone else looks at it like it's a total wreck and hopeless. But Nehemiah says, that's not how I see that city. You see, Nehemiah got a vision from the Lord on what it could be and what it could be like. And Nehemiah's looking out there at ruins and says, yeah, I don't see it that way. I see a restored city that's given life for the glory of God. So vision is seeing differently. Um, Without vision, vision is so important because without vision, the Bible says, in fact, we have some scriptures in your bulletin uh, this morning, but Proverbs 29, 18 says that without vision, people perish. Isn't that interesting? Without vision, it's so important. It's not really optional. Without vision, people perish. People, you know, if if we don't have, um, if we don't look down the road, if we don't look beyond circumstance, we tend to, uh, just look down and, and be downtrodden. And how many times has Jesus said, why are you so downcast? Why are you like that? Be of good cheer. Peace be with you. Shalom. What, what's going on? And he looked at people and, you know, he say they were, they were down, downcast and downtrodden and like sheep without a shepherd, looking, just looking down and trying to get through life. And he's like, wait a second, you know, let, let your heart not be troubled. And when people are willing to, I believe, get with God and get a vision from God on why you were made. Why did Christ Jesus take hold of you? Because if you and I are willing to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us, that is where it begins in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ took hold of you, number one, for relationship. Remember in the garden, sin separated our relationship with God. Jesus took away the sin uh, issue, and he restored relationships. So God loved you so much, he sent his son. Remember we said it began at the cross, and the reality is 
God loves you so much, he restored relationship. That's beautiful. But why else did he take hold of you? To wait for heaven? No. He prepared good works for you and I to do in advance. He made us with certain gifts, talents, resources, things to represent him, to be light, to be salt, to live for his glory. These are things that God designed. This was in the heart of God before you and I were born. And when we get together with God and we get a vision from God on this and begin to understand this is where it all begins. Proverbs is telling us people perish for lack of vision. They just, they don't see anything down. They're not even looking down the road. It's like, I don't know. The way things are going in the natural condition, boy, things are terrible. And, and God is saying, don't look at it in the natural. Look at it in the supernatural. Look at it through my revelation. Look at it through my promise. In fact, speaking of revelation, um, when it says this in the Hebrew right here, that people, where there is no vision, people perish. This concept for vision here in the Hebrew is really godly revelation. God is telling us, church, without revelation, people perish. Without my revelation, without getting in on my revelation, people perish. Without the revelation of God, people do lose hope. People do start to live in despair without God's hope. I believe that's true. Maybe you've been in times of your life, I have, where you start to lose a little hope or there's a setback in an area and someone reminds you, reminds you about God's call and God's hope and God's future. Has that ever happened to anybody where you needed to be reminded? Amen. The reality is we need to. That's why we fan each other into flame and iron sharpens iron. We encourage one another and spur one another on to love and good needs because when we lose that vision, when we, when we lose why God made us and how we live for his glory, when we lose that, we too begin to perish in the sense that we start to live in despair. When people lose vision, we lose hope and direction. And those are the two things, family, you can never lose those. If you lose your hope and if you lose your, your vision, boy, The rest is just a matter of consequence. We already start looking down. We're not looking ahead. We don't understand purpose. We can't run with any kind of enthusiasm because we we lost all that. So, so important. Um, We need a vision. A vision, this concept that those, those who, where there is no vision, the people perish. The vision is the same kind of revelation The Bible says that the prophets received, the prophets of old, the prophets of the Old Testament, it it would say again and again to the prophets in the Old Testament, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah in the year of this king, or the word of the Lord came to this prophet, the word of the Lord, and it wasn't the written word of God, it wasn't the written word of God, it was the revelation word of God, and this is radical, because God still speaks. How many of you know God still speaks? I hope you know God still speaks. He will never contradict his word, but God still speaks. The Old Testament promised it, and the New Testament promises it. The Old Testament says there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way to go. Walk in it. How many of you have heard that voice before? Yeah, thank God when we do. Sometimes we don't, and we got to walk in faith and just believe what his word says. But when he speaks, it's the most beautiful thing to hear the voice of God. Where there is no vision... This is revelation from God. Uh, This is the Rima word of God, not the Logos, but the Rima word. This is the revelation of God when God speaks to us. It's literally, this kind of vision, what we're talking about, is literally a download from heaven. 
It's God given some sort of revelation, some sort of insight where it's literally like getting a download from heaven. God giving you a word, a, a picture, showing you, reminding you, whatever it is. It's the king of the universe saying, I love you so much. If you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying, then listen. And God given us a little download. The Bible is full of stories of people who got downloads from heaven. Uh, many of you in the room, uh, you get downloads where you pray, you're asking God. Maybe it's, I, I've gone through seasons where I ask God, sometimes like on the rock yesterday, when we were up in the mountains, God was showing me a bunch of great things, and I'm like, God, this is sweet. I've had other times in my life where I haven't heard his voice in a while. And, and I think the reason why is God is trying to stretch our faith in a way that he would say, what are you going to do if you don't hear my voice? Then what are you going to do? And that's where we have to start walking in faith to the last thing he told us, walking in faith to what his word says, and we stay the course no matter what. But when he does speak, it is beautiful. And the Bible is saying where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, spiritual revelation, where there is no insight from God, where there is no download from heaven, people start to uh, lose hope and lose direction. It's been said if you, if you aim at nothing, you'll be sure to hit it. I believe that's true too. We've got to aim at a target from the living God. We've got to get a, a vision from God. We've got to get an aim from God so that we're aiming at something. Uh, otherwise, we're going to hit nothing. Um, when it comes to visions, some people create their own. Some people would say, well, I have a good idea. I know what I'm going to do. I am going to plan this and do this, and eventually I'm going to, and they put a whole little master plan together. I guess that's okay, but what's much greater and much higher than that is getting together with God Almighty and saying, mighty God, you made me. You know me better than I know myself. You know the plans you have for me, says the Lord, not to harm me, but to prosper and give me a hope and a future. What are those things, God? I want to walk in those things. Now, if you're willing to have that kind of Vision. If you're willing to have that kind of plan, not a plan that you can just dream up or contrive or put together, and it might be very well intended, might be very strategic, might be very smart. That's that's okay. But a whole different plan on a whole different level is the kind that's a download from heaven. That's a kind of vision that God says, "I made you for that, and I will get behind you in that because that is not a good idea. That is a God idea. I put my spirit in you, and I will." compel you and I will move through you and I will move mountains out of the way because I put it in you. But your other brilliant little master plan over here, you didn't check with me on it. Might think it's real smart, but you don't really understand the timing, you don't understand the outcome, and you don't understand the fruit of that plan. But my plan, my plan is a plan that will bless a lot of people, that will affect people that will change you, you will find the deepest joy in my plan is what God would say. So when it comes to vision, you know, we can create our own or we can get with God on vision. And I would encourage you, the ones in the Bible and historically who have got with God Almighty on vision, who have got revelation, who have got downloads from heaven, so to speak, who have, who have had an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, those are the ones who have got in on profound vision. And we need to know, we sung the song earlier at the cross and what happened there. You know, you and I are sons through the blood of Jesus. The Bible says we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
I hope you really know that your heavenly Father that loves you more than you can imagine wants to give you insight to his plan, wants to give you revelation, does not want to keep you in the dark, figure it out, doesn't want to be this. He wants us to draw near to him so that we would draw, he will draw near to us. And, and, and Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you open the door of your heart, he says, I'll come in and I will sup with you. In other words, I'm going to hang out. I'll be there at your mealtime. I'll be at your table. I will be in your life. I will be your counselor. I will show you. These are the promises of the loving relational God that we have, but some remove that part. Maybe look at him. Yes, he's God Almighty up there somewhere out there in the universe somewhere doing more important things in my life. Uh, maybe he's involved around the world with some global issue. I know it. I believe in him. I believe in him. But he's out there somewhere and there's some sort of relational disconnect. I want to encourage you, church. This year, it's time for a new beginning. It's time for a new beginning in your relationship with a loving father that loves you more than you can imagine, who put his spirit in you so you can be in a relational mode with him so that you can hear from him, that you can spend time at his feet, more like Mary and less like Martha, where we spend time at the feet of Jesus, where we get in on revelation and get in on insight. That is so, so important. Um, We said last week to take hold of that for which God took hold of you. Do you know why God took hold of you? Have you... Any idea, we asked the question last week, but I hope you're still praying. It's a new year. This is the time. Have you any idea why God took hold of you? Are you discovering it? Maybe you haven't got in on it yet, but maybe you're, 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 you're pursuing God. That's good, but let it be your aim this year that God, I really want to know why you took hold of me. I knew who I was and you woke me up along the way. I, I, there's got to be a bigger reason. I really want to get in on it. I really want to pursue that for which you took hold of me. It's been said that your destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. And I believe that's true. It's not chance, it's not random circumstance, it's not the rolling of the dice, it's not just all these things, it is choice. And in the Bible, there were people who got revelation from God and their life was full of choices. And you know what they said? I'm picking God's path. I know I got paths in front of me, but since I got revelation from God, My understanding would say go this way or that way, but I have to go in the direction that I really sense God calling, even if it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Destiny is a matter of choice, not chance. And uh, think of of Peter. Peter's an amazing example. Peter, the apostle Peter, is in a storm, on a lake, in a boat. Contrary to anything your understanding or logic would tell you, he says, Lord... If that's you, vision, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. I'm going to walk out to you, God. If that's you. And in the same way, if you and I have that same disposition where we say, God, if that's you, I want to walk out to you. You see the kind of faith that takes? God, if that's you, is that you, God? Because if it is, I want to walk out to you. That's destiny right there. That's God-given design. That's destiny. That's, that's not chance. That's not happenstance. That's intentional choices of saying, God, if that's you, I want to walk out to you. I love that. And like, like Nehemiah, the city's a wreck. He's got opposition all against him. He's got the, the, like the, 
imagine the city of LA coming down on you and the government chasing you for taxes. He's got all this stuff. Nehemiah's got the worst case scenario. He's trying to build a, a, a city in ruins and the people around him hate him and, and, and everything is going wrong. And he's like, listen, the God of heaven, since he gave me the vision, God gave me the vision, God's going to bring success. People are like, what are you kidding me? It's a pile of rocks and everyone around you is trying to get you in trouble and get you arrested. What do you mean it's going to be a success? He's like, no, God gave the vision, so God will bring the success. You see the kind of faith this takes to walk out these visions? Um, Paul says this, Paul in Acts 26, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, I got a download from heaven. God gave me revelation, and I have not been disobedient to it. This is really cool. Um, Oswald Chambers talks about getting a vision from heaven, getting a download, so to speak, from God that we walk out. And this is what he says. He says, the only way to be obedient to the heavenly vision is to give our utmost for his highest, our best for his glory. This can be accomplished only when we make a determination to continually remember God's vision. Continually remember God's vision. Israel comes out of the desert and they're like, yes, God, we got a vision. It's the promised land. And before long, they're like off doing something else. And off doing, they keep forgetting the vision. Finally, they get to the promised land. Only two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb says, we remember the vision, God. You're giving us the land. But the other 10 are like, I don't know about the vision. All I know is there's giants in there and we can't go in there. We can't, we can't uh, give up on the vision, guys. We got to stick with the vision. Uh, if you're a note taker, here's a couple of points this morning. If you want to jot down some insights regarding godly vision, uh, regarding you and I getting in on God's vision, uh, the first one is this, is that spiritual vision, it comes through godly character. Uh, you know, God doesn't fix our character. We have to aim our character. He will bless our aim. But, you know, God just doesn't, you know, give us a, a new mindset and everything. He gives us a a new beginning, he takes away our sins, but we have to renew our mind and adjust our steps and our aim. And this is us, it's godly character. Character is who you are when nobody's looking. Um, spiritual vision comes through godly character. I'm not saying anyone has it all down. This side of heaven, we all fall short. But aim is important. Direction and intention are so important. Godly character is enormous in the equation of godly vision. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. They shall see God. You're going to see through different eyes with a pure heart. This is what the Bible promises. You and I will see differently. Not that we're perfect, no one's perfect, but if we work on our character, if we say, God, purify my heart, uh, through that kind of condition, we actually get to see different things. When you look at people through a pure heart, a consecrated heart, through godly character. When you look at people, you see different things. God will let you look at people differently. You will see different things. We're talking about vision. We're talking about the ability to see spiritually, supernaturally, really. That comes through godly character. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. The second point is that spiritual vision comes through time in God's presence. Time in God's presence. I sensed getting some vision from God yesterday in a beautiful way. 
took time out before the sun came up. We went up on the rocks. We hung out. Everyone was still before God, seeking God. God says, if you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. This is what God promises. And you can hold God at his word. When God says it, you can believe it. You can bank on it. You can stand on it. It's a promise of God. God never lies. We're up there and God gives revelation just like he says he'll give revelation. It comes through time in his presence. We are in such a mindset today with life that we don't really take enough time for the presence of God. We really don't. And I think there's a big disconnect in the church today. Uh, we, we study his word. We hear his word. We get his word on the radio. We get books, we, you know, Bible studies, and you can download 50 million things. And thank God for that. Because there's a level of discipleship available today that has never existed in the history of humanity. I thank God for that. You can download, you ever, how many people got a Bible on their phone? See? Come on. That couldn't have happened before the printing press. In fact, even after it, people did You know, we got a Bible with us 24-7. The ability of the, the capacity of discipleship right in our pocket is tremendous. And that is beautiful. Beautiful. But practicing his presence, spending time alone with God, sitting at his feet in the times of prayer or personal devotion, that is the part I really think we have a disconnect in church in America today, where we spend time, whether it's times of worship, and by the way, I think worship is one of the greatest single pathways of being in the presence of God, because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. There's something radical about that, but the people in the Bible who took time to be in God's presence, revelation came from that standpoint. So the second point is spiritual vision comes through time in God's presence, We get a little snapshot in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is explaining what a, what an, a, 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 he's explaining what seems to be a worship experience. When we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, we come in the presence of God. This is what the Bible says. Isaiah seems to be explaining, I see the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory. He's having a vision of what it really looks like in the temple of God, being in God's presence. He's explaining a worship experience. And in that place of God's presence, that's when he's given vision. That's where the vision came from. The vision came as a result of being in God's presence. I don't know if that does anything for you, but that's enormous to me. It should be a big deal. If you want vision, and my prayer church is that we're all saying when we leave here, God, I got some vision, I need more. I want vision from you. I don't want to make up my own plan, my own resolutions. My own. I want vision from heaven. I want to download from your throne. I want to have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying, because if I'm going to chart my course for the year or for the rest of my life, I want to aim at what you want me to aim at. Not some random stuff that probably isn't going to matter in 50 years. This is important stuff. Revelation chapter 4. I love this one. Revelation 4 verse 1. John, the apostle John, encounters God. He's in the presence of God. And revelation comes from God's presence. And this is what God says. I love this. Come up here and I will show you the things that must take place. Come up here. There's something about being alone with God. And I think God wants to tell all of us this year. I think the word that the Lord has for all of us this year is come up here. Come up here. I want to show you some things. 
But we get so cognitive about our faith and so practical about things that we disconnect with the reality of the relational aspect of a God who wants to give revelation to, uh, to his children that he loves. He wants to give revelation to his children that he loves. He's telling John, come up here. Come up here. I want to show you some things. That's huge to me. I believe he's speaking that to the church today. Um, so it comes through time in God's presence. Here's the third one. Uh, spiritual vision comes through patience. The patience to wait. Patience to wait for the vision. Patience to wait. God might not speak to you right away. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait? Would you wait? If you got to wait to hear from God, if you have to wait for, for a download from heaven, if you got to wait for God's revelation, are you going to do it? Will you do it? Will you take the time out for it? Will you stop and go up on a hill or be still? Or, or do we just pass me the remote? You know, we're so, we don't want to wait for anything today. We don't wait for anything. We got like 50 million channels. We got a DVR on the TV that records everything like that. We, we, we got to drink coffee to keep up with our pace, but we can't even wait for our coffee, so we go through the drive-thru. We got espresso machines at home that'll blast you out an espresso barista, you know, uh, triple latte with a vortex swirl. Two seconds, because we can't wait. Can't wait for a coffee press. We can't wait for anything. We drive through to get our coffee. We get a cold, take a pill, bam. We can't wait for anything. That's just the pace of our society. Will we wait for the Lord? Will we wait to hear from God? I'd say we have to. Uh, the Bible uses the word tarry. Tarry is not a word used very much anymore. But the reality, it's a biblical word. Tarry means to wait. To wait on the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. God will renew strength, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. If we wait on the Lord, waiting is a big thing. When Jesus told the apostles, I got a vision for you guys and you're going to get more than a download from heaven. You're going to get power to, to be victorious. You're going to be filled with my spirit, but wait. It's not a Starbucks drive through not a genie, you rub the bottle and boom, magic, you know, smoke comes out. Waiting on God, being willing to check our hearts, spend time in his presence, at his feet, in that time of worship, waiting on the Lord. It says in Habakkuk 2.3, though it tarries, wait for it. The context of this scripture was hearing the voice of the Lord, getting revelation from God. God showing you something, though it tarries, Wait for it. We're not good at that. I know I'm not good at that. I trust you guys are, you know, cut out of the same cloth that way. We like things quick in our society. You want something, you look it up on your phone, you know? I mean, people aren't even Christmas shopping. The malls are, people are like, oh, why go shopping? When I get Amazon, boop. My shopping's done. You know, move on. Drive through latte. You know, <laughs> got to find something. That's the zone we live in, guys. Will you tarry? Will you tarry? Will you tarry to wait on the Lord to get a download from heaven to get revelation from God so that you can have a godly vision that you know God is behind? Have patience to wait for him. The fourth one is this, our reach, our reach. When we reach out for what we're going to be aiming at and what, we're gonna, uh, what our aim is, our reach must exceed our grasp. Our reach must exceed our grasp. If you and I can reach out and touch it, it's not God. If you and I can pull it off, it's not God. If our experience will accomplishment, it's not God. That's good. It's good you have experience. 
Could you have capacity? Could you have a plan? All these things. But I will say, if you and I can pull it off in the natural, if we can reach out and touch it and make it happen and aim at it, it's not big enough. That's not a godly vision. That's a much smaller vision. That's vision, but it's not big enough. Godly vision can reach beyond. Godly vision goes, wow, God, that's going to take you. That's going to take a move of your spirit. That's going to take your providence. That's going to take your sovereign orchestration. That's going to take, I don't know how you're going to do it, God. That's what a vision from God does. So our reach must exceed our grasp. If we can explain it and pull it off, it's not big enough. Israel is a case history on that. And just out of respect for time, if the worship team comes up, I want to close on a couple of these. This is what Isaiah says. Isaiah who got revelation from God. Isaiah says, and he's saying this to motivate the people of God in the area of vision. Isaiah is telling believers, this is what he's saying. He's like, God has a new thing for you and get in on the vision from God. And he's inspiring people because I think all the time we start taking our eyes off a godly vision and, and Israel did as well and he's, he's trying to motivate God's people to see the new thing that God wants to do. And I believe the Spirit of God wants us to see the new thing he wants to do. Um, God is all about new beginnings. And this is what it says in Isaiah 43, verse 18. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? God's saying, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. As we leave one year, we go into another, there's things from back there. I talked to a friend of mine the other day, he's like, I'm so glad this year's over, it was the worst year of my life. I mean, I'm like, really? He's like, oh, it's the worst year, I can't believe it. I mean, it's really bad. I'm like, whoa, dude, you know? (laughs) Um, It was that big of a deal. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. This is scripture telling us that because some people get stuck back there and you can't have godly vision when you're stuck back there. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. And that means we can't depend on our past victories to sustain us and we can't allow our past failures to possess us. Neither one of those. God's like, I'm doing a new thing. There's some things back there you want to forget and maybe there's some things back there you're celebrating but I'm doing a new thing. Don't even compare it to that. I am doing a new thing. God is far more interested in our future than he is in our past. Far more. And if we're going to have a godly vision, we got to be getting with him to get a download from heaven, looking ahead saying, God, what is the new thing? This is what God says. I want to do a new thing in your life. It's springing up now. Do you perceive it? Do you perceive it? And I'll be honest with you, we don't always perceive it, but if you are willing to get with God, if you are willing to tarry, to wait, to spend time in worship and in His presence, you will get downloads from heaven. You will get insights. I was up on the rock this week and God told me, anticipate. It's a word I don't even use. Anticipate. Have expectation this year for some of the new things that I'm going to do. It's rising up right now. It's rising up right now. Do you perceive it? And I'm like, wow, I didn't perceive it. But since it's from you, God, I'm going to hold on to that. And I'm going to be looking ahead and I'm going to be aiming at the new thing God wants to do. And my prayer is that as we close right now, that, that you guys would do the same thing. That you would say, God, I don't know the new thing you want to do. Maybe I do. Maybe you're showing me. Maybe you have showed me. Maybe I need to be reminded. Maybe I have no idea. 
But I'm committed to tarry. Although it tarries, wait for it. In the upper room, they tarried and they waited. They weren't like, come on, where's my download? It's not like your DSL speed, you know, the commercials. Come on, what's the deal? I got to go get my latte drive-thru. I need my download, God. No, 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 no. The loving Father, creator of the universe, we don't operate that way. We be still. We spend time in his presence. We come under the shadow of his wing. We spend time. We commune with him. We draw near to him. The Bible says we go into the inner room, the inner room of the inner room. We be still and we know that he is God. And no one can do that for you. No one can encourage you enough to do that. That's my prayer for you. Um, that's our leadership is praying that, that you would have that heart disposition where you would be so intentional saying, God, I want to spend time with you because I want to get in on the godly vision. And in fact, we're going to close. Our prayer team is going to come up. If you have a prayer need for this area of revelation, of insight, of, of anything that's got to get out of the way to be in this zone, please come up and, and, and be prayed for. God is doing radical things in prayer. But I want to encourage all of you this week, Control your calendar. Lock out time for God. Set this priority. This is the time of the year. If we don't get our aim down right now, guys, don't try doing this in a month or three or five. This is the time. Now is the time. Seize this day. Seize this time. Recognize the season and make the most of every opportunity. Don't wait on this one, guys, to say, God, I need a vision from you. I will wait on you, God. I will wait until you speak. I need to hear about direction, vision, next steps. I don't want to make up my own plan. I don't want to come up with my own list. I don't want to come up with things that I can attain myself or reach out and grasp. I want it to be bigger than that. If that's your prayer, God will honor that prayer because he's an amazing God and he's always done extraordinary things through the ordinary. And so uh, let's close in prayer right now. Mighty God, I, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of it. I thank you for all these stories of people who you gave revelation to, who walked in faith to your promises, God, who, who reached out to things that were way beyond their own grasp because you are bigger than all of that, God. And Lord, I know when you look around this city, you see opportunities, you see uh, avenues, God, that we don't know anything about. So I pray that we would begin to trust in you with all our heart. We'd lean not on our own understanding, that we would spend time with you. We would get a download from heaven we would get revelation from the throne of grace, literally spiritual insight, the capacity to see what it could be, not why it is, but how it could be. Even if others around us don't, God, show us like Nehemiah how it could be. Show us like Peter to say, Lord, if that's you, I'm walking out to you, God. Others might not get it. I am walking out to you. Like Joshua and Caleb who says, I don't know what you see, but I know what God promised, and I see it through the way God promised it. Lord, let us be those kind of people, Lord God. I just pray for that, Lord, that you'd seal it up in our hearts, do a new thing. The new beginning that you're doing now, it's springing up among us. Do we perceive it? I pray we do, Father. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.